0: I don't know what's going on, man. Is there anything going on in the news right now, dude? Slow news week. Slow, <laughs> slow news week here in the U.S. Kanye and Kanye and Kim are getting a divorce. Kanye and Kim a- are getting allegedly, a divorce. allegedly.
1: Yeah, because because Kanye may have cheated or something. Boring. Yeah. Doesn't matter who with. Boring. Bo- <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Inconsequential.
0: Um. Uh, Georgia happened. That was pretty cool.
1: Georgia happened. Congratulations! Three two. months, two two and a half months later than you predicted, personally, or about two months later.
0: I did predict this. That's interesting because on Tuesday I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I was like, had com- completely convinced myself that it was not going to happen. This might.
1: This is definitely more, um, more of a su- surprise slash like upset feeling. That, yeah. Uh, I would
0: say so that
1: I expected slash
0: um, and then uh, oh well, the the Bay of chuds, that happened <laughs> Welcome to the Hegelian Friendship simulator the only podcast on the internet where we talk about wikipedia articles and uh sometimes ramble on about other stuff for 30 minutes before then <laughs> um it's,
1: it's getting to the point where it's pretty 50 50.
0: uh i'm joined of course by my co-host alexander virgil and i'm
1: joined as always by my co-host john miklis
0: Ch-ch-ch-ch-
1: So just to just to give a temporal context to our listeners, we are recording this on Friday, January 8th, which is two days after a group of Tony Hawk pro skater NPCs (laughs) decided (laughs) to uh, (laughs) decided to storm the Capitol. Uh, They succeeded pretty easily and now they're saying it's only a preamble to uh January 19th and 20th.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious if we listen to this episode a year from now if this memory will have stuck out in our head as like a momentous moment mm. or if it will get memory hold by like the constant media
1: cycle. I'm glad you brought that up cuz I've been thinking about this because some of the f- original texts and stuff I got from friends when this was starting to happen was like disbelief but right. but it makes me think back to November when the Joe COVID Biden down. originally oh. when Joe Biden originally won right the first oh, right. time yeah, we yeah. thought he won there was a a large amount of conversation about how it's not going to the like the pressure is not gone right and it's going to be in january where we feel you know the pressure cooker that is 2020 that led up to november and i think we're starting to feel it now but to think that that was that was the you know the big yeah is i think in a year we'll be like
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: it almost i mean it's so weird it almost feels like anticlimactic or it felt like like they were like allowed to like they're like a toddler having a hissy fit where you like don't stop it and you just let them like you know huff and puff and then they're done well it's just a classic like
1: yeah like current western machismo style of like talking the biggest game mm -hmm. heads on pikes Right. They're, gonna, they're gonna bleed blah 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 and i saw a clip of like some fucking neck beard dude whose hair is like the same length as mine um like showing pictures of blood on the pavement of the woman that got shot and killed and being like that's her blood that's her blood and i'm like are you guys out for blood or like is this inhumane like where do you stand like yeah. in, in your words are you trying to do something or are you trying to do something? And I think this is some classic American shit where it's like, we all want to be in that movie. Right. But no one's, no one's prepared to actually be in that movie.
0: Yeah, I, I I can't remember where I heard it. It was on a podcast. Um, like a British philosopher and professor mm. was talking about like how he saw the future. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he was saying was that, like, you know, real material, like, revolutionary change mm-hmm. is possible. Mm-hmm. But the only way that it happens and the only reason it happens is a soci- in a society is if the people yearning for true change mm-hmm. overcome the amount of, like, people who are comfortable in the status quo and aren't ready right. to give that have something to lose Mm -hmm. and what we're seeing in america especially in this kind of late late stage capitalism consumption Mm -hmm. culture it's that like all of us have something to lose because we have more we have more like personal um distracting comfort Mm -hmm. than any culture has ever had in the history of the world Mm -hmm. and so it's like as much as all of us notice that something is wrong and kind of sick sickly Mm -hmm. about our culture. And it's like you just have this like overwhelming feeling that something is wrong. It's like we have all of this technology and we have um, a hundred thousand different types of craft beer. And oh, what about all the new movies that are coming out next Mm -hmm. year? And and so at the end of the day, we know our culture has Our society is wrong, Mm -hmm. but we are also addicted to the little, the comforts, like the 21st century Mm -hmm. bourgeois comforts that we have. Mm -hmm. It was a, it's a, it's a quite a trick by the ruling class. Yeah,
1: I think that like, that's why yesterday was a nothing day or two days ago ended up being
0: nothing. Because, because they'd all rather be drinking, um, yeah, you know, at like the, the Olive Garden. Cheap, cheap wine at the Olive Garden. I mean, it's true. It yeah. really is.
1: And so that's why as soon as they actually stormed in and did it, they didn't hold the fort. They didn't lay siege because there isn't any actual
0: institutional change that needs to occur for all of these white men. <laughs> Dude. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine if if QAnon, mm-hmm. imagine QAnon actually is real, okay. right? Okay, so we're in a world where it's real, Mm -hmm. and there are children that are being harvested for adrenochrome Uh underneath the floorboards of Nancy Pelosi's office. Okay. And imagine you're those children, and it's Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and these patriots have just stormed into the Capitol Mm -hmm. and are now sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk taking pictures and don't even look underneath the floorboards for you um well everybody this is the Friendship simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh we are um yeah we we're at the end of a long week um but we do want to thank you for listening hope uh our rambling manner this week is a little bit more up your alley with where your headspace is currently yeah um Nobody's nobody's here for for organization today. So no, this Um, is
1: one of the this is one of those rainy day recess movie day situations. Right. The greatest tweet I saw was like, "Are we expected to be working during the coup d'état?" Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like that's the most American tweet of all time.
0: Are we expected to work during the coup? Oh my god. Um, Well, okay. With the podcast in mind, I do actually have some old business. Um, because you know how I've brought it up a couple a couple times, like the three, um, the three tiers of criticism. Yes. Well, okay. I did some digging, and thankfully, f- Wikipedia has led me to like the correct terms mm. for how. I should describe and discuss all of this. Okay. So there's there's the, the criticism that we've held to a higher standard, which is like figuring out what something is. Right. And then the other two, whether something is good or bad, or whether something is good or bad on an ethical level, are um considered the study of axiology.
1: Ah, um,
0: okay. Which is like
1: axioms,
0: yeah, the philosophical study of value,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And so those two things that I've been thinking about, quite obviously, right, are the two pillars of axiology, which is ethics mm-hmm. and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. so so now we have more better terms. So better when terms. I talk about the three terms of criticism, there's criticism, there's aesthetics, and there's ethics. nice way to build way to build we are building we are learning we are growing this in is, 2021 yeah, we are um <laughs> preparing <Yeah.
1: laughs> um i don't i don't have any old business um unfortunately or fortunately but uh i was wondering if you had an ethnic enclave of the week.
0: Ethnic enclave of the week. <laughs> well, I do. I do, Virgil, and I um, I'm curious if you actually are familiar with it. Um, hmm. the ethnic enclave is called Liberdade. No. Do you know? No. Sounds okay. fun. <laughs> it is fun. Um, it is actually in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Okay and Liberdade is the um home to the world's largest ethnic Japanese, Japanese? Community yeah outside of Japan I
1: do know th- I do know that Japanese Brazilians are the second largest population of Japanese people um there are so they- like growing up I knew more than a couple um people with Portuguese first names and Japanese last names but spelled with like like uh, there's a kid with the last name Yanagibashi, but the G- it was G U I, Yanagi, oh, wow. Yanag- Yanagi, yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, and he's just like this Japanese-looking dude with like the slightest South American accent.
0: Can't really speak Japanese either.
1: Yeah, but yes, I am familiar. This this has to do with uh, what is it like farming and like migrant worker.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the japanese presence begun in 1912 um basically they went to this district because it had basements and the rents were cheap Mm. so they could group big families Mm -hmm. um and then they almost all worked in something called the japanese brazilian collective cool uh jbc yeah the jbc um, and yeah, I don't actually have a ton more information than that. That's great. I think I think if
1: I'm not mistaken, they were the same workers, not like the same people, obviously, but like the same diaspora of workers that ended up in like
0: that would make sense, in like the I turn mean, of the turn of the twentieth century kind yeah, nineteen twelve right? I mean yeah. so this is very much pre like the rise of Mm -hmm. the japanese empire but um post like sino sino um you know how we were talking
1: about how like japanese americans have like a generational memory of like japan from decades ago yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i kind of wonder if like the japanese brazilian community still like operates on like hundred years ago Japanese kind of like pre-war yeah Japanese aesthetics and
0: I think that they do I think right? that's yeah. very interesting
1: yeah yeah I do want to meet like an old what what would you
0: call them Libertades? um libertadinos liberdeños libardeño- we'll go with that okay <laughs> we're gonna go with that okay yeah we're going with that uh I just I do find it fascinating that Sao Paulo has such a it's the largest Japanese population outside yeah. of Japan.
1: Yeah, that's what's interesting is that in the world. Yeah, yeah, you would not expect that, especially, you know, I was I'm actually surprised that it's not Rio, but I guess maybe Rio being
0: like I mean Sao Paulo is huge. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I think it's like three times bigger than Rio. It's an enormous city and you I've, people never talk about it i wonder if it's not a very yeah. i wonder if it's like la
1: i've heard it's i've heard from brazilian americans that like if you go if you want to go to brazil you should go to rio like don't go to sao paulo you know yeah <laughs> and like i'd be watching city of god and like a brazilian dude's like yeah sao paulo's like fucking wild you know like yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you know. um it- and then, like, Brasilia just, is
1: just, like, a fake city.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, like, a city in the... That's probably another episode, like, yeah. made-up cities. Because it's such a weird concept to just build a capital in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that's the ethnic enclave of the week. Wonderful.
1: If you uh, haven't, who, give your Brazilian-Japanese friend some love
0: today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in honor of liberdade. Yeah. I do wonder what the food is like. I'll bet, the, like, the... Um, I feel like is yeah, and I also feel like like the kind of like Japanese bowl mm. meals would kind of meld with Brazilian yeah. food culture. Rice
1: bowls are good for like I think you can put any cultures f- cuisine on a bowl of rice
0: Japanese Asian style, yep, yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, anything really anything
1: because even scandinavian shit like they do like pickled fish and like all this kind of like greenland shark fermented greenland shark shit that like you know you always watch on travel shows where you're just like ooh, I can yeah. i can smell it from here probably good on rice
0: yeah honestly yeah you just need yeah rice a little soy sauce just a little It'll bit c- yeah a little bit of soy sauce cut through it yeah boom
1: <laughs> i'm sure
0: honestly yeah no i think that this is a food truck idea yeah i've had a couple of those
1: (laughs) the katsu sandwich did i I ever tell you that the katsu sandwich was like a food truck idea that my extended family in japan sat down like drunk for like two hours and like hashed out like the feasibility of in the u.s katsu sandwich And this was before it's so good this was before kombi came out with their whole thing like before they 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 did all that and i
0: was like it would have been a good truck should have done it should have done it man woulda coulda shoulda yeah
1: on that same note there's a fucking netflix movie coming out about hawaiian kids going on a supernatural adventure is there actually yeah i'm sad
0: oh my god (laughs) i'm sad
1: but it's like a kid's
0: movie so it's like um so maybe not maybe not i had an idea i i was someone on Wikipedia and I found this guy, um, and I'll tell you this, and we can keep it in or we don't need to, but mm-hmm. this is not my topic, because I figured, I decided it wasn't a long enough topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's this guy in India, okay. who is a um, an Indian politician and Named social Hitler? activist. No, his name is okay. Arun Pathak. Uh, Pathak okay. But... He has attracted public attention for staging suicide attempts as a form of political protest. And he has this biography where he's done this like four or five times. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it. Um,
1: How many suicide attempts can you do
0: before it's... In, he, he's attempted suicide at least 11 times. Um, yeah, this rocks. It, he started a campaign to ban liquor stores from being close proximity to religious sites. He wanted the policy to be in place in Varanasi, where he's from. To get attention for the campaign, Pathak climbed to the top of the 300-foot tower and threatened to jump to death. After getting written assurance from the police that the shops would be closed, he climbed down from the tower. Um, and this is another good one. Uh, he, the, There was a film that was produced in the town he was from, and the film was con- controversial to Pathak, for having the line if a brahmin or god sleeps with a woman she is blessed which he interpreted to be oppressive to women's rights mm. to protest the filming Pathak tied a large stone around his waist took a boat to the center of the ganges and jumped into the river when the cameras were filming his friends jumped into the river rescued him and rushed him to the hospital oh his but actions... he did get
1: into the river
0: yeah oh yeah he he so like watched the walk he, his actions were followed by some rioting the government responded by ordering the film production to stop. So yeah, been, I've been thinking about this guy because he, I kind of want to write a, a screenplay set in the U.S. Uh-huh. that is this guy where every single attempt is successful and it's like a monkey's paw where he gets a little bit more and more power and then he's like the president of the United States I, by doing this shtick where he threatens to kill himself. Love that. I love that. Um I wish that we had
1: come up with this in the 80s so Steve Martin could be the guy. I know,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it.
0: <laughs> um so yeah that that guy we got to talk about him as we got to write that script. Yeah, down.
1: that's amazing. I like that's some fuck that's a way to make some real fucking change.
0: Dude, seriously. I mean, he sounds like a really shitty guy, but <laughs> the
1: fact that like after attempt number seven people didn't just go oh don't do it and then just that, let him this do is it. the thing
0: is that like they value this guy's life so much yeah like that he keeps because he 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 another time he slashed his veins open like he's like gotten close to dying a bunch Damn. of times i um, want to talk i like i want to hear like I know we need to, maybe we'll, I'll do deeper. How do you, how do you live a life after facing
1: death that many times, but not even like of your own accord? Does it change you? Does it even change you? I just, what is the perspective that is gained from almost dying, having a near death experience
0: 10 times and, and, and like enacting change through it, like (laughs) whatever the change may be, like, it's just so weird. Yeah. Um is very interesting. We better we better fix the world or this guy's going to actually die. He might actually die. Well, I love the idea too that like the stuff he does could actually like starts riots where other people yeah. die. And it's like, wait. <laughs> wait a minute, guy. <laughs> um Okay, I think it's my turn to start, right? I think it
1: is. Mine's pretty Fine. short and I'm like it's very interesting because I picked in it on Tuesday. And I was oh, okay. flip flopping back and forth because I picked it on Tuesday and it's kind
0: of crazy that I did. Okay. Uh, do you want to do yours first then? No. You'll wait. All right. M- Mine's good too. Mine's topical. I actually might have picked mine before all this happened too. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. Maybe I'd, I don't know. It, it is also kind of crazy if I had picked it before, but I can't remember if I did. Okay. Um, it is. Um Toot Aku Jazz. Is it finally like, happened after twelve did, episodes.
1: It finally happened. Did we both a coup jazz. Thing. Yep. Oh my god. We all, did we you both, send it? No. I literally I saw it on Tuesday and I thought like, oh this is kinda too short. But this is a cool story. And then Wednesday happened and I said Oh, my god. oh I can't do it. And then I was like, Wait, but and the history of the two guys involved was very interesting. It's a cool I've story.
0: Watched, I've watched now three hours of documentaries on Thomas Sankara now, too.
1: Okay, so this is great. We're just yeah. going to do a joint conversation about <laughs> Tutaku Jazz.
0: This is, Thomas Sankara uh, and Blaze Kampaore. Campa- yeah, Campaore. okay, so, so first off, I will explain what yes, it please. is. Um, so, ah,
1: you're doing most of the work for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tutaku Jazz is a, a jazz lounge band um, that a musical group that was formed in the Republic of Upper Volta, which is today Burkina Faso, uh, in the 1970s uh, during the rule of General Sangule Lamizana. Um, in French, coup is an adverb meaning suddenly or out of the blue, and as the name indicates, the band played jazz and is said to have been relatively popular. Mm. The band is important in... The world and history because it included Captain Thomas Sankara on guitar and his close friend Captain Blaise Campaore on the microphone. Um, and this is so amazing. okay, yeah. So do to you, you listen now? Yeah, yeah, to
1: the listeners. Remember, this is Tuukku Jazz in a <laughs> in a in the former Republic of Upper Volta in the seventies. After they had gained independence from France. Yep. But before they had really kind of developed at all. Yeah. Well, um, and it's so a lot of coups.
0: There's a lot of coups before this. Already. This is this is this area, this mm-hmm. state, Burkina Faso, which was then known as Upper Volta, has no port. It is a, it's a landlocked. completely land- landlocked nation that is bounded on one side by the Sahara Desert. Right. Uh, and so um, it has traditionally been extremely underdeveloped and is uh very poor kind of the classic like when you think of sub-saharan africa but still like desert vibes like that's burkina faso
2: yeah
1: and and so in the 70s there's a band called tutaku jazz i can't not say it enough because it's just so amazing run by two guys named captain thomas sankara and captain blaze kampaore who are both in the military and then the government and in this band at the same time,
0: um, Sank- so oh yeah, please, please. I, so <laughs> yeah, this, this is, and I, th- I will, I will preface to say that we're. It's only four four paragraphs long, the uh, article. So I'm basically gonna just read the the mm-hmm. article. Um, Sankara, a Marxist, Pan Africanist, and war veteran, met Blaise Kempa-Ore in 1976 when they were stationed in Morocco. Sinkara was taught guitar as a child um and he uh was said that that music was his real passion um the in t- twenty fifteen a like a musician that knew them stated that while the band had more rehearsals than concerts, every performance was magical, so they were good mm-hmm. uh, they played, and then in nineteen eighty three there was a military coup that brought both. Sankara and A to like the top of government.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Sankara was imprisoned.
0: Well, so this is what happened is in 1983, they take over mm-hmm. and he's put in place as the prime minister. Right. But he has disagreements with the military general who is like the mm-hmm. head of state.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and he is put under house arrest. But he's so popular as a prime minister that um, that. The nation basically goes into a, a full fledged uprising and he is installed as like the head of state.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and Sankara is really, really interesting. Very interesting. Uh, he as is a
1: known, 70s revolutionary president.
0: Yeah. And he's known as Africa's Che Guevara. Yeah. Um, and he leads a, like, a. A pretty among the most um, progressive and like uh, Mm -hmm. what's the word like does a lot like one of the most effective um, reigns of any like far left uh, leader in the history of the world basically and
1: especially if you put it in context of Africa at the time too
0: he's he he's the
1: first president to really like advocate for women's rights
0: yeah he he, he's a huge advocate of women's rights he ends polygamy in in burkina faso he ends genital mutilation he uh mandates that all girls go to school um which wasn't happening before and then he actually even he uh installs an all-female bodyguard uh like the dora Um, yeah they all like they ride motorcycles and they're like his bodyguard his personal bodyguard troop um and so yeah he's kind of eccentric he's really young Mm -hmm. but he's really into the idea of like local control like on top of being a marxist he's also an anti-imperialist uh and so his whole big thing was that he wanted burkina faso to be self-sufficient completely uh and he he made it so that when he was installed they were completely reliant on food donations from okay. the west and he by the end of his of his time in power he was like they were exporting grain from burkina faso Amazing. which is so cool um what's the other big thing that he did he
1: vaccinated uh, yes
0: the vaccinations
1: he vaccinated he, over two million five hundred thousand children uh against meningitis yellow fever and measles
0: yeah which he played he played
1: music in public
0: as like to push it which is great so yeah i mean he's just really like across the board um like a benevolent figure Mm -hmm. in especially like in the history of burkina faso but i think in also in terms of like pan-africanism absolutely and And as a Marxist, I mean, I mm-hmm. think that, as a leader, he probably led what is the most benevolent Marxist government of all time mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that he wasn't like without like what are the kind of common liberty focused right. pitfalls of all marxist governments, like they were repressive towards counter-revolutionaries and killing political opponents yeah and and so not to to paper over that but like i watched this documentary and and it said about thomas sankara um so this guy said in a way great men enlighten their people enlighten their time long after they're gone and i say after their death because it's when you have lost something that you become aware of its time value Mm. which was talking about Thomas because, Verge, as, as you can tell, uh, he did meet an, an unfortunate fate. He
1: did meet an unfortunate fate, and I'm sorry for laughing, but if you understood the context, you would have to find it interesting as well. So four years after his friend Blaise Campaore helped him, and Bandmate helped yeah. him... Uh, you know, turn the country around really like he renamed the Republic of Upper Volta to Burkina Faso, which is two words from two different local languages that basically means upright people or like mm-hmm. self-sufficient people. Um, four years after that, uh, Sankara was killed, assassinated in a coup organized by his bandmate, Blaise Campaore.
0: Yep. So here we are back to the reason that we both chose this article. Found this interesting, yeah. Is the irony of the fact that um, these two men played in a jazz band named Toot A Coup, and the singer ended up performing a coup on the guitarist, which is unfortunately (laughs) too rich an irony not to... Uh, really really focus on a whole lot of time on. This is one of those where
1: you can't write this movie anymore you can't write this movie because it's too, it's like the moment you title the movie Last Christmas you know you can't make the movie anymore because the gimmick is already too clear right, like the moment you (laughs) title this movie Tutuku Jazz you can't make the movie anymore, it's just you've already given it all away (laughs)
0: and i don't even know if this was is like kind of editorializing based on the context but one of the my favorite lines in the wikipedia article tutuku jazz which i know you're going to know what i'm talking about is that um a friend noted that sankara was a skilled musician whereas kempaore just sang
1: yeah oh, this is <laughs> this is like your classic shit dude kempaore like, wants to just it's get just big jealous and just yeah. make it and meanwhile sankara's like no this is art we're creating art we're creating our people's lives and they actually somehow pull off a revolutionary <laughs> humanist marxist kind of coup and the real artist gets killed by campo array by the, wants the fucking this is power
0: because Kaboré actually then was in power for like 25 years. Yeah, until 2014. Like he's still
1: very much in like the Burkina Faso like political conversation.
0: Yeah, I was reading articles about people wanting him um to go on trial and he's like yeah. uh, he's um uh, like and in a has claimed asylum in the Ivory Coast.
1: Yeah. Um and there's there's a lot of talk, obviously, that Blaise Compaore was like funded or backed by the French government. Is one of the reasons he gave for doing the coup was because Sankara was too anti, um, like I guess, foreign help, and so he was mm-hmm. uh, he was the reason for diminished relations between france and you know this all just sounds like france was like we want to maintain some power yeah If you kill well, your friend if you kill your friend
0: we'll uh you can, you can be in power yeah no 100 um it's, okay so it's so the classic music agent movie <laughs> it's it i mean it really is like from a movie the only difference is that they're like the heads of state and they're real people yep um but I liked this quote, too, from this documentary I watched. Um, and it's talking about kind of like Sankara kind of knowing... They, they talked about how he was... He told a friend on Che Guevara's... The anniversary of Che Guevara's birthday. Mm-hmm. Or of, yeah, of his birthday. And Guevara lived to be 39. Mm-hmm. And Sankara lived to be 38. And he said, I wonder if I will live as long as, as Guevara... Mm. Um, and he knew that he would; he wasn't going to. Um, but this guy said Th- uh, Thomas knew very well he had to die, and I think he accepted suicide because somehow it showed his greatness. And I'm here to say he was a great man, and those that fight him cannot uh, take that away from him, because a man who accepts death to become a great man must be appreciated at his proper value. Mm-hmm. And it it got me it got me thinking it got me thinking a ton about what's happening right now
2: mm-hmm.
0: in our country and about like, how do you measure a person? Like, and how do you measure a person's value? Right. Is it by the good that they do? Do you measure it by like the bad that they do or like their personality or their actions? You know, mm. it, because, it's, if you measure if you measure someone by like the bad that they did without counting the good,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well then you can say that some people did more bad than other people, but then you also have to include like well that person that did more bad than this other person also did more good than this other person, right? And and so there are the the scales are there. I mean the. There are no mathematics to, in ethics. Yeah, I, guess I think the that's key what it to is. It, right? Yeah. You can't quantify these things. Because the other thing is that I was having a lot of trouble kind of figuring out my relationship with Thomas Sankara. Mm. Like, and how, as a child of empire, like, what is my response? relationship and my responsibility to heroes of the like resistance to empire
1: yeah that's tough it's tough in this moment too because you know i think perhaps being the product of like movie and tv culture and stuff like we always expect to know when we should you know, engage, and the way the past five years has ter- pl- panned out, the way like the past week has panned out, as a microcosm of the past year, as a microcosm of the past decade, you know, like the, the matryoshka doll, I think, yeah, of like compounding history. It's hard to know when to engage in this kind of revolutionary goodness as an individual. Or how much to. And I think this does go back to what you were saying about like the individual comforts and stuff. It's like I don't know how much I can or to do. I just know in my head I am prepared to stand against, you know, the guy across the street who has like a fucking don't tread on me flag up. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, do I have a responsibility to go to him and confront him? i don't know
0: i i know it's it you know like part of the part of the kind of um the goal of breaking down you know what these terms like we call like white supremacy or or like the patriarchy Mm -hmm. like the i think at the core of them the goal is to create something better out of that right right like, like you 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 tear something from the roots up when you don't want it like like you you need to cr- destroy the foundation of it in order mm-hmm. to to go forward um, but they're all I mean there are that requires like true, change you know mm-hmm. and what we're doing now is we're actually just like compartmentalizing in different ways so we're like trading off like the othering of people so mm-hmm. like even if we create equality for like men and women then the, like we we have our society requires us to other something to like right. create power over something you know right is know. it is it possible to break out of that paradigm yeah and then is it is it constructive to look to a different paradigm or is that not construct like to, to a different paradigm like like advocate for the world as Thomas Sankara saw it or is it just not is it just non compatible like can no you, i think you,
1: I think Thomas Sankar would have been just fine if, if um, you know, the systems that pushed France to possibly fund his assassination didn't right. exist. You know what I mean? Like, this, it's still within the paradigm of, like, how his life panned out, his death, is still within this paradigm that we are all stuck in, too. And this comes back to like what I was talking about very, very early in the podcast, when one of my re- media recs was like uh, of the book "The Chalice and the Blade," where it's yeah. like the breaking of the paradigm would be a partnership model between men and women, right? And mm-hmm. Sankara like attempted a version of that. You know, I don't, I don't want to speak on like how benevolent he actually was, because this is based on Wikipedia, my Wikipedia knowledge. But at the same time, like it seems like he did try to bring that version
0: yeah it well and, and on that note that's a i think interesting um because i think you can draw parallels to like um like the cultural revolution in china mm-hmm. um where uh a lot a lot of these those moments are people who saw like history as a compiling of negative things Mm -hmm. and said we need to completely break from the past right and we need to do something completely different Mm -hmm. and i think when that happens you're you are in danger Mm -hmm. of a a lot of scrutiny b the immense power and weight of history in the like like in the case of burkina faso it was like the entire history of French colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you also, you make mistakes because of your humanity. Right. In ways that are scrutinized much, much more mm-hmm. than if you were to make a mistake in an ancient, like traditional way. Like if you are, if you're, if you're, doing the sins that your father and your grandfather Mm -hmm. did, that's explainable. Mm -hmm. Like you can understand everybody does that. Everybody's done that. Why wouldn't I do that?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But if you say like, nope, break from those sins. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Your sins are amplified because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you sin too. Mm -hmm. And of course you do. I mean, of course you make mistakes. Of course, of course... This world is full of suffering. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the 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 shake of it.
1: And I don't think it's possible for anyone to reach that level of adult mature goodness without reflecting on the sins they've made in the past. Like I think that's it's a non starter to try and be someone like that without having reflected on your own sins. It's just physically not possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you and you can't have progress without suffering. Mm -hmm. And 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 you, and that's not because progress is suffering. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's because suffering is inevitable Mm -hmm. because human suffering is an inevitability. Mm -hmm. And so like if you perceive something is wrong with your culture, Mm -hmm. something is wrong with like the society that you live in, it behooves you to change that. Mm -hmm. Even if what you change into also causes suffering. Right it you just it it just has to happen mhm <laughs> it does it does and i don't think blaze Campiore uh understood that
1: no he didn't that's the thing is he didn't understand the true artistry behind the lyrics he was singing <laughs> behind like he just sings
0: he just thomas sings. sankara was a true artist but blaze Campiore just, just sings. sings and and ah.
1: it's kind of i i do love that that a story about a band like that <laughs> which could totally be a documentary now episode it's straight straight up like Absolutely. the talking heads the talking heads Absolutely. episode, um or the uh, california breeze episode that 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 could, the parallels could be drawn all the way up to literally like geopolitics in the mid-20th century
0: right it's the same parallels Yeah. Everybody likes Thomas too much. Yeah. He's, he's a true artist. Yeah.
1: And like, there was a season of Jack Ryan, I think like season three, maybe that was basically about the same thing in South America. Like the plot line was, you know, the dude that was in power took it from his like friend or his friend is like his second in command or something. And, and, and one of them understands the true beauty, but has to be like harsh and the other guy is like trying to stop him, but not from like good, not from actual good moral reasons. It's from like a po it's like a power play thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just that's some uh, shit.
0: Jack Ryan. I haven't watched that show, but it it is it's CIA propaganda, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's prop, it's that, it's that <laughs> war on terror propaganda. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. It's
1: interesting to me, having grown up on war movies and stuff. Um. to at the age of like 27 finally be like oh I don't know if I can like I don't know if I can ever stomach American militarism movies in any capacity even like the Hurt Locker like to bring back our boy Jeremy Renner it's like Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. like Catherine Bigelow movies I early 2010s I was very much like, yeah, she's a woman making action movies and, like, all this right. stuff. And now I'm kind of just like, yo, like, what happened, Catherine
0: Bigelow? Yeah, Bigelow, are you, yeah. Are you You're okay? working for the state. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of her movies are about law enforcement or military, right? Point Break? Yeah. But that's There's the a movie but
1: like, Point Break, like... You know, there's like a conversation online that it was it was after crossing paths with James Cameron that she suddenly started making these like war movies. And it's like very, Oh, funny. Yeah, very interesting timing. I doesn't I mean Cameron has good politics though, doesn't but he? But that's yeah, see that's what I thought.
0: Yeah, Cameron, like in my Avatar mind, is the best politics in any movie ever. James Cameron to me a- has Avatar a- is the only movie avatar is hilarious
1: um it's the only
0: movie to 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 ever truly take on the american state like the american empire
1: i think rogue one try or like he's the only like there's there's not a lot of homegrown american directors that try that right because even steven spielberg like can't Mm -hmm. break away from like the american individual glory which is like fine
0: yeah, well Spielberg Spielberg exists on a like local level I mean think about like mm-hmm. the amount of like like Jurassic Park mm-hmm. is a, is a business mm-hmm. like one corporation is bad right uh, jaws is like town. one mayor is bad yeah, yeah. you know it's like that it, he can't quite see the scope like he, yeah. he has to exist like one thing is bad mm-hmm. um they're bad apples
1: meanwhile meanwhile Bicultural Directors are just like shitting on the US Like Rogue One I talk about this I personally love this Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One Got shat on um, Because it's about a bunch of Grunts And like Deplorables right. Who do their one job For the common good And none of them make it out alive And it's shot in the style of an Iraq era like war movie, and all the good guys, all the rebels, look vaguely Islamic, right? And the Empire looks like fucking the U.S. doing drone strikes, (laughs) and that's why no one liked Rogue One.
0: That's so funny. That's a great. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, no, that's so. It's so interesting.
1: Because people didn't like it because the Empire for the first time wasn't like easily germany or like the non-americans it was like yeah. uh, the,
2: US.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the u.s oh man yeah i liked this this was a good episode though i hope i hope our listeners enjoyed a little bit of like a a mind jumble um kind of just a stream of consciousness episode and the fact that we did randomly choose the same article. That's for, that's the wild part for me.
1: Yeah, because I really came upon it just scrolling, and I saw Tutuku Jazz, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And then who would have even thought the next day, the first time the Capitol building has been breached since the War of eighteen twelve <laughs> would occur, and who would have thought that we all that we both picked it? I mean, that's some synchronicity right there for you folks. It,
0: it really is. I mean two coup jazz feels like something that's a part of the simulation us both choosing it the week of an attempted coup also feels a bit (laughs) like the simulation glitch in the matrix there
1: have been a couple glitch in the matrix moment the big glitch in the matrix moment for me that i almost tweeted about it would have been a retweet was the washington post article that used the hot dog costume sketch from (laughs) i think you should leave as it's like main photo (laughs) and so it's Tim Robinson in a hot dog costume doing his like I'm just trying to figure out who the guy who did it face on a Washington Post article about the storming of the Capitol and I was like oh my god I think like whoever's running the simulation mixed up some signals (laughs) like whoever's running my simulation was like oh no I put the wrong picture on the wrong thing
0: no 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 that's for his subconscious his subconscious subconscious.
1: exactly like He's supposed <laughs> to make these connections together. We skipped a step. <laughs> um, yeah, like glitch in the Matrix week.
0: Oh, man. great Sham me- reality. Yeah. Sham reality.
1: Great meme about um the guy that make, made the Mayan calendar being uh, dyslexic.
0: Oh, wow. So it's
1: 2021 instead of 2012, you know, which you got to suspend a lot of disbelief about translating.
0: You really, you <laughs> really got it. You really gotta... That's, like, some QAnon level. Um,
1: (laughs) The memes are hitting this week, though.
0: Yeah, they really are. Um, I've just... I've... hmm. I can't get over all the photos from the Capitol. Like, the photos of the people, like, in the chamber is just like... I mean, if you ever wanted to ponder the spectacle, like, those photos feel like we are living in a movie you know it's just yeah. wild wild stuff. Oh my god well folks, I think I think that's that's the end of our episode, but yeah. we sure do appreciate you sticking around um, if you want if you want to get in touch with us on social media, uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and you can also email us at Hegelian Friendship simulator at gmail.com. yes, indeed. Um, keep your heads up, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everybody. Everybody know um, that the 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 difference between tragedy and farce is paper thin. But right now, it it still feels like we're we're in a farce. So yes, yes, try yes. and enjoy that ride for as long as it, it lasts. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: All right, yes. adios.